Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Another week, another edition of Fizz Radio. Welcome, everyone. Jaron May here with Matt Bonaparte. Thanks so much for spending either your Saturday morning or whatever time it is that you're listening to this podcast version of Fizz Radio. Uh, Matt, we got a lot to talk about. Let's give a quick rundown for our listeners, for the people. So first, we're going to talk about what happened with Clemson, how Syracuse pulled off a victory, how that really kind of changes their outlook on the season in the fallout of that game then we'll preview the ACC tournament we'll play a little game of what if because it's March and it's Syracuse basketball so why not and then of course we'll get to fictional fizz in your fizz feedback before we get to all of that however Matt make sure you go give us a follow on Twitter at Orange Fizz go read all of our content orangefizz.net and of course find all of our audio content on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz super Super easy for everyone. Um, and Matt, let's get right into it. Let's let's talk about this Clemson game. Syracuse takes down Clemson. They're now on a two-game winning streak heading into the ACC tournament. And Matt, it is so Syracuse of them to be able to draw us back in and give us some type of hope before this ACC tournament in March. Absolutely. I mean, this is classic Syracuse. Don't forget last year, right before COVID ended the season, they beat UNC in the first round of the ACC tournament, 81-53. Everybody counted them out. They had no business winning that game, and they come and just trounce the Tar Heels. Syracuse turns on the Jets when they need to, like absolutely need to. Not when they probably should, but when they literally need to. And this, these two wins are absolutely classic Syracuse. And how about how about the guys that are actually stepping up late in this season? You saw throughout the year that there was not that one go-to score. There, it was one game it would be Alan Griffin. One game it would be Buddy Beheim, One game it would be Marek Dolajai. One game it would be Quincy Garrier, whoever you want it to be. But now, Buddy's starting to take over as that number one option, and he's being a serious, serious threat for Syracuse. Yeah, and we heard Alan Griffin talk about it after the game last night. He said, whoever's hot, we get them the ball, and they're shooting pretty much every time we go down the floor. And last night, that was Griffin and Beheim. They Griffin, 22 points, Beheim 17. Both of them were hot. Griffin took that step back three from the corner. Everyone was like, why'd you shoot that? Great shot. Great shot, man. Um, so, you know, these guys, if they can get hot, Syracuse is an entirely different team. But when they don't get hot and there's no offense, it's a problem. I also... Matt, I want to go to the defensive side of things because Syracuse has actually looked pretty solid. Now, when you look at the numbers, it might not be great. 54 points allowed to Clemson, that's fantastic. Like that, That is your epitome of, of the 2-3 zone. That's what you want. However, North Carolina, 70 points given up against a good UNC team. You'll take that any day of the week. They forced a lot of turnovers as well. 20 turnovers for UNC, 15 steals, and then a whole lot of points off of steals for Syracuse against UNC. And then you look down the line, they dropped a couple games to Georgia Tech and to Duke, but a good defensive performance to Notre Dame in that second half. The press was put on, and that was really the thing that turned around that game. So when you think about what has this, what has changed this team, what has gotten them back in the win column down the line of this season, what can they rely on? 
when it gets to the NCAA tournament. And Matt, we will talk about the whole NCAA tournament March Madness in just a little bit. It's the defense, at least in my opinion, because the 2-3 zone, and especially with Kadari getting some more minutes, that's that's something that you got to hang your hat on when it gets into March. Yeah, and despite the point difference between the Clemson game and the UNC game, I'd say the, de- the, the SU defense played pretty similarly. The only difference against the Tar Heels was that they got out-rebounded by 20. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, second-chance points galore for UNC. But the defensive rotations have been the best they've been all season these last two games, and they defended home court mainly with their defense. Yeah, they had some, some great scoring from a couple of guys, but their defense was really the backbone in these two wins. So, looking forward, and again, this is Fizz Radio. Jaron May here with Matt Bonaparte. Go give us a follow on Twitter, at Orange Fizz. You can find all of our content on our website as well, orangefizz.net. Matt, looking forward, what is the key area, in your opinion, that Syracuse needs to work on if they have, because they're on the bubble right now, currently Joe Lenardi's last four out, or rather, next four out, so basically the last four out. Uh, But they are on the bubble. They have a chance to make March Madness. If they are to make March Madness, what's that one area they need to key in on it and make sure that they sure up over the next couple weeks? I'd say it's really making sure those depth guys are ready to play at any given time. We saw how impactful Jesse Edwards and Kadari Richmond were against UNC and Kadari Richmond, especially against Clemson. These are the guys that need to be playing every single game, and if they're not ready to play, if they're not prepared to be in those big spots, the team is going to feel it, and it's because you can't just throw out five guys and have them all play 40 minutes a game. Marek's going to get tired in the middle, and he said after the UNC game that it was a relief to have Jesse Edwards playing 24 minutes in the middle because for Marek to be able to play the four and not have to be just getting hit every time down the floor, it's a different game. Yeah, that's that's a big thing that that Syracuse is you know, slowly but surely trying to get fixed. Um, all right, Matt, we are, you know, a couple minutes into this show and we're already to get, we're, we're going to get into hypotheticals. Okay. Because I love it. I, I want to, I want to be able to, to give the Syracuse fans, because I think like right now, this is the time of the year. And it always is that Syracuse fans want to play the what-if game. And we will play the what-if game down the line. However, I want to talk specifically about the NCAA tournament. And we'll get to the ACC tournament um, in just a little bit. But NCAA, first off, Matt, let, let me just ask you this. Being realistic and not previewing the ACC tournament, if you can, because we'll talk about that later, does Syracuse, and this is going to be a simple question, does Syracuse make the NCAA tournament? Uh, it's going to be close. I mean... These two wins were absolutely huge, of course. If they dropped either of these, it was over. Mm -hmm. But they win both of them pretty convincingly. I mean, I guess a two-point game wasn't convincing. They were winning for the majority of the game convincingly up until the end. And then against Clemson, it was their game the entire way. Um, But I'm going to say that they they do make it. I think that they're going to put on a a show in the the ACC tournament. No, I think they're going to put on a show in the ACC (laughs) tournament, win a couple of games. And and make it. They'll probably get bounced pretty early, but they'll make it. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to be the pessimist of the group, and if I, I know there's going to be a lot of fans out there that are not going to agree with me. So if you want to share your own opinions at Orange Fizz on Twitter, you can tweet at us and let let me know. My name's Jaron. However, you want to figure out spelling that, I kind of want to let you figure it out um, and just rip me to shreds. But I don't think they make the tournament because here's the thing, Matt. You don't have the resume 
building wins. And and Beheim talked about that after the Clemson game. He said, "Yeah, we have a lot of solid wins. We we've won quad two games. We've won quad three games. We've won quad four games. They don't have the quad one wins, and that's really what you need. So unless they go on a, a run in the ACC tournament, which we'll we'll talk about their matchups, what kind of draw they have, but I just don't see." a scenario that you can put Syracuse in before a lot of the other Joe Lenardi bubble teams. I just don't. And maybe that's just me being a pessimist, uh, but I don't see a, a world that you can do that. And if it does happen, I think it's solely on like name brand recognition. Here's my thing. I think that uh, the ACC is being disrespected this season a little bit. Uh, after the game yesterday, Beheim he said the same thing. Yeah. This this conference doesn't have the great team. They don't have the Duke this year. Uh, they don't have the FSU of last year. But they have some really, really, really good teams. And it's a competitive conference. I mean, there are some teams, and he kind of talked about the Big Ten without talking about the Big Ten, saying that some of these teams are in contention when they really shouldn't be, when they're under 500 or winless on the road at Minnesota, and they're still getting some kind of recognition towards the tournament. Syracuse, sure, they don't have that quad one win, that's fine, but they win all the games that they should win for the most part. They don't really do have they, any terrible losses. They, they, oh, oh, oh. They don't have terrible losses, just the pit oh. loss. That's the worst loss. They lost a pit twice since okay, then. Okay, the one Pittsburgh on the road wasn't terrible. Horrible. The one on the road is not terrible when you look at metrics. The one at home, you shouldn't have lost that game. But other than that, they don't have a bad loss. Okay, uh... So they lost to Pitt twice. I know you just talked about that. Uh, they lost to Pitt by three um, at Syracuse. Then they That's lost the to bad Pitt. loss. Then they lost to Pitt by 20 um, at home, which was bad. And now Pittsburgh, since then, has gone uh, two and, oh boy, two and eight since then, Matt. No, I'm not eight. disagreeing with you. I'm saying the Pitt loss is bad, but... They, other than that, if you look on the schedule, they win all the games they're supposed to win. Okay, so first off, still Jaron and Matt here on Fizz Radio. Uh, Matt, I, I pulled up Lenardi's current bracketology while we are recording this. Of course, this can change around uh, with the, the games that are going to happen over the next couple games uh, days. But here we go. The next four out, Syracuse, Indiana, SMU, Memphis. First four out, Seton Hall, St. Louis, Utah State, Duke. I don't know how much knowledge you have on like these random teams. However, does in your opinion, does Syracuse deserve a, an NCAA spot ahead of Duke, ahead of St. Louis, ahead of Seton Hall? First, answer me that. Because I mean, it, it, it entirely depends on what happens in the ACC tournament. I can't really give you a straight answer right now. As of right now, probably not. But if Syracuse can put together a couple of wins and make a little bit of a run, I'm not saying win the ACC tournament. I don't think they will. I don't really think they have a chance of doing that. But if they can put together two or three, maybe even eh, two or three wins, I think that they definitely do have that shot, and they definitely are better than a Utah State or a St. Louis or something like that. Okay. Uh, last four in, and just uh... – I know you made your point. Um, I'll, I'll just read out basically who's on the bubble to for our fans to understand who Syracuse is kind of going up against, and you can go check out their resumes online if you want to. Uh, last four in, according to Lenardi, when we're recording this on Thursday, March 4th, uh, Drake 
is the last four in. Michigan State last four in. The, the, the Spartans have been fantastic as of late. Xavier, Boise State. Boise State has a juggernaut of an offense. Uh, last four buys, which means they're still in. Um, they just won't have to play in that opening weekend. Um, Louisville, Rutgers, Georgia Tech, VCU. Those are teams that are significantly better than Syracuse. I would even say the last four in are significantly better than Syracuse. So the Orange, they don't need to work. Like, they don't need to beat all of them. They need to beat a, cu- a couple of them, and it all comes down to the ACC tournament, and that's what we'll, we will talk about after the break. All right? So it's it's Fizz Radio, Jaron and Matt. We're going to step aside, but don't go anywhere. We are going to be talking about the ACC tournament and previewing everything you need to know right after this. It's ACC tournament time here on Fizz Radio. Welcome everyone back in. Jaron May here with Matt Bonaparte. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Orange Fizz. If you're listening to this, you you know our SoundCloud, but if you're new to it, go check out our SoundCloud. Orange Fizz is the the term to search and of course we have a lot of written content on our website orangefizz.net if you want to get a deep dive into everything you need to know for Syracuse basketball football whatever it is recruiting we got everything you need uh so Matt we just talked about basically Syracuse's NCAA tournament hopes now let's talk about the ACC tournament and that's the one that's coming up more closely it's coming up pretty soon um, it's actually going to be next week. So when you look at it, and, and there's this website that I'm on right now, Matt, and I'll kind of read out the different scenarios. Obviously, Syracuse's season is done for regular season right now. Uh, so now there's just a handful of games in the ACC which will shake out uh, the seeding. Syracuse currently is an eight seed, and that's probably where they're going to fall. They would need a, a pretty good amount of help to be able to bump up to the seven seed, um, and let me explain how. So right now, the games that are still on the docket in the ACC, you have Miami taking on Boston College, Wake Forest playing Georgia Tech, Clemson versus Pitt, Louisville against Virginia, then UNC Duke, NC State versus Virginia Tech, Notre Dame versus Florida State. I know that's a lot of games, but here it is. If the, if the supposed winners, like if, if the favorites win out, Syracuse would be an eight seed. And if that was to happen, uh, it would be an eight seed. They would either play Duke or UNC, depending on who wins that game. If it's the favorite, it would be Duke. Um, so you'd have you, Syracuse would be the eight seed. Duke would be the nine seed. The winner would play the number one overall seed, which right now is going to be Florida State. Yeah, so, I mean, it's all pretty much up in the air right now. And, and the difference between that seven seed and the eight seed, like you mentioned, is pretty huge. You don't really want to have to play Florida State if you if you do make it out of that second round. So, I mean, you'd play Virginia Tech if you were the seven seed and you'd make it out of the second round. But we know Syracuse has that win against Virginia Tech. And really, anything can happen in the ACC tournament. That's what you have to remember. It's all up in the air. Anybody can beat anybody in the ACC tournament. And I think that goes for Syracuse especially. They're the team that can walk in and beat anybody in any any given night or lose to just about anybody in any given night. (laughs) So... If they do get that seven seed, I think that would be huge because I do think that the difference between Florida State and, and Virginia Tech is is pretty large. I think Florida State's a lot better than Virginia Tech, so avoiding Florida State here would be huge, but it's unlikely. 
so that, it's also huge just because uh, so 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 it is guaranteed with Syracuse's win over Clemson a couple days ago that Syracuse has a first round bye. They will not be playing in the first round. The the, the first round is for seeds ten through four, uh, ten through fifteen rather. Excuse me. So you have that first round bye, which is good. You got that. Step number one, check it off. Step number two is you want the highest seed. And in order to have the highest seed, you can only get up to number seven. And for that to happen, you will need Pittsburgh to beat Clemson, which Clemson isn't hot right now. But, Matt, I think you and I both agree Clemson's They're the They're a lot team. better than Pittsburgh. Right. Like we already talked about, Pittsburgh is 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games um, since beating Syracuse. So that those two losses look horrible. Uh, so if Pittsburgh can somehow beat Clemson, and Duke can beat UNC. That one is a toss-up. I think those are two very evenly matched teams this year. They always are. They're just a little down. Like, like the talent levels on both of them are not great this season. So if Duke beats UNC and Pittsburgh beats Clemson over the weekend, that means Syracuse is a seven seed. And like you talked about, Matt, that seven seed, you'd then play the winner of either NC State, Boston College, two teams that you've already beat, and then your your draw is Virginia Tech in the quarterfinals, which Vod Tech is a team that you already beat. And that's massive because the difference between Florida State right now and Virginia Tech is astronomical. Yes, and, and you want every win you can get, especially like we talked about before. If Syracuse is going to make the NCAA tournament, they're going to have to put a show on in the ACC tournament, you know. Some fans maybe thought like, okay, they're making it right after these two wins. It's it's not even close to like that. It's actually the other way around. Now they just kept their hopes alive, and if they want to have a chance at getting an invitation to the dance, they've got to put together three wins here. They're going to need that second-round win, and then they're going to have to pull an upset on a Florida State or a Virginia Tech to hopefully move on. And, I mean, at that point, you're just you're just running with it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, if you get to that point, like it's momentum, like you got to mm-hmm. believe in the orange because they've done this before when they get momentum, they're different in March. Um, but I want to, I want to keep playing out. And again, Matt and Jaron here on Fizz radio, Matt, I, I want to keep playing out. What would happen if Syracuse is the seventh seed? If the orange again, um, actually the orange don't have anything to do right now. They're it's, it's weird. Syracuse is turning into Duke fans for the weekend. Like, as much as that might be painful as much as that might be painful to listen to it's true um so syracuse fans i'm sorry you are now duke fans for at least a game um and then you're also pittsburgh fans the, the the team that beat you twice this year but um so if duke beats unc pittsburgh beats clemson syracuse is the seventh seed they play the winner of nc state versus boston college then they play virginia tech a team that you've beat and then you have either you, you you probably have Virginia. Like if if the num if the favorites win in the ACC tournament, then in the semifinals you'll play Virginia, and that is so much better than playing. First, you'd have to beat Florida State if you're the eighth seed. Then you'd have to play probably Louisville in the semifinals. So. Virginia is a team that is usually very good. They beat you earlier this season, 81-58. They still are a very talented team. However, they've dropped three of their last four. And that's where it gets interesting because they don't have the momentum. And if Syracuse got to the semifinals and actually 
got to the Virginia stage, they would have the momentum. Yeah, and at that point, you know, I think if Syracuse gets to the semifinal, then you you're tossing it up whether or not they're going to win the NCAA or get to the NCAA tournament Whoa. because <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but that, at that point, it's it's a little bit of a toss up, and you have to look around the nation and see how those other uh, bubble teams are doing. Yeah. Syracuse bubble veterans, yeah, no, that's a good uh, point. they know how the ball rolls there. That's a good point. That's a good point. So so basically. It, Here's the question, Matt. How many wins does Syracuse need in the ACC tournament to make it to March Madness? They need at least two. At least two. And probably three. I agree with that. I agree with that. I was talking with some of our friends, uh, and they were saying they just need one. And that's just not enough. Because let's say they're the eighth seed and they beat either Duke or UNC. That's not enough. And then you you probably get blown out by Florida State. Like, that's not enough. I think you need two. And your best way of getting to is being the seventh seed and probably playing NC State and then probably playing Virginia Tech. Um, And I think that is your golden area. Like, if you can – because looking at this bracket right now, Matt, and I know you have it up on your computer too, in the hypothetical situation where Syracuse is the seventh seed, the bottom part of that bracket is so much easier than the top part. Absolutely. And I'll just – I'll just read out the teams on the top. Like, it's Florida State, it's Louisville, it's Duke UNC, Georgia Tech, who's extremely underrated and on a streak right now. Miami and Notre Dame are also no pushovers, and they would be the 12 and 13 seed. Notre Dame is 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 a very good team, almost beat Syracuse in the Dome this season. So that's the top half. All of those teams are like the, the upper echelon of the ACC this season. The bottom half is... You have Virginia Tech and you have Virginia. Those are your those are your two really good teams. But then Clemson. Clemson's not that scary anymore. You have Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. Not scary teams. You have NC State and Boston College. Those teams don't impose any fear. So if you can get in that bottom half, that bottom half is so much easier than the top half. I would even say like the six seed Clemson is not as scary as the number 12 seed Notre Dame, at least in my opinion. No way. No, I don't I don't agree with that one. I think Notre Dame's pretty bad. <laughs> I okay. disagree entirely with that. All right. Well, uh, glad to glad to see that you're still around because I, I, I was just going on a rant talking about which teams <laughs> are in what. And this might be extremely difficult for our listeners to, to comprehend all of these numbers and all of these hypotheticals. Uh, if you want, bball.notnothing.net. Uh, if you can figure that out, that is the website that you can put in some some hypotheticals and see this bracket if you would like. If you're if you're a Syracuse basketball nerd like us, um, Matt. Final thoughts on Syracuse in the ACC tournament? I think it's going to be difficult for them to uh, really make it hard on the committee, but I think that if anybody's going to make it hard on the committee, it's going to be Syracuse. So I think they're going to get at least one win and possibly two. Okay. Uh, I think they need to, and if they don't get two, that second one's gotta gotta be close. It's gotta mm-hmm. be a fight. Um, and if you can get two, I think you're, I think you're in the tournament. I'll I'll say that. I don't think that happens. I don't think they get two wins. Um, but if they can, and if they can ride this momentum, they're in the tournament. Which is, uh, I, I think that's music to all of our listeners' ears, and that's will where we will leave this ACC tourney talk. Um, and after the break, let's play a little game. What if? That's the question that a lot of our fans have been asking themselves. What if this? What if that? We'll answer all of those questions. Don't go anywhere. This is Fizz Radio on the Score Twelve Sixty.
back here on Fizz Radio. It is time to play a little game. Welcome everyone. Jaron May here with Matt Bonaparte. Uh, we just talked ACC tourney. We've already talked NCAA tourney. Um, and Matt, now it's time to play a little game of what if, because that's the question that a lot of our fans have been asking themselves throughout this entire basketball season for Syracuse. It seems like it's a pretty rhetorical question at this point because it happens every year. Uh, the Orange go on a run in March, and you always are left asking yourself, what if this was happening throughout the entire year? So, Matt, I got a couple different what-ifs for you. I want your take. I'll give you my take. And then, of course, you can go check out a couple different things online, orangefizz.net. We have plenty of articles that align with these what-ifs um, on our website. Um, okay, so here we go, Matt. What if Barama Sidibe didn't get injured? I think it would have been a different season a little bit, but I think it would have been relatively similar because Barama Sidibe, as you know, is not very good at basketball. So (laughs) You might be be the most anti-Barama Sidibe. Listen, I'm not anti-Barama Sidibe. I'm I'm against the narrative that Barama Sidibe would have saved this season because he absolutely would not have. Don't make me pull up the statistic about how many times he's fouled out or oh, come within do. one foul. Okay, please well, do. I mean, listen, the guy I'm is put a you on foul the spot right now. I want you to, I want you to pull that up and tell me Barama Sidibe's stats last season, and I'll, I'll kind of fill while you're doing this because I know you're hey, frantically you typing. You're frantically typing on your computer right now. Uh, so you don't think Barama Sidibe would have that big of an impact? So right now, Syracuse basketball, fifteen and eight. That's how they end the regular season. Are they also fifteen and eight with Brahma Sidibe? All right, listen, listen. No, right. answer answer that question, and then you can give me my your your stat. Fifteen and eight. Are they fifteen and eight with Brahma Sidibe? Um, no. I think they win a couple more games. Okay, so that's not. You said that they would be the same. I said it. Would, I said it'd be a little bit different, but it would be relatively similar. I think okay. that's that's true to what I said. Listen. Okay. Barama Sidibe fouled out of 10 games last season, and he was one away from fouling out in 16 other games. That means 26 games last year, Barama was either fouled out or had four fouls. How many games were there in the entire season? I need to know. Stop asking me so many questions I don't have on hand. I got it. I I got it. I got it. They played, what's 18 plus 14? That's 32. They played 32, so only six games. There are only six games, and those (laughs) games he had three fouls. So, I don't want to hear it. And he comes back for one game this season, and he fouls out, or he nearly fouls out in 10 minutes. So, listen, the guy's a foul machine. Yes, he's a big body that probably would have been helpful for Marek Dolajai. That's probably the only thing he had. But he was only going to play for about 20 minutes until he hacked the guy five times, and then he's sitting on the bench again. So, I don't want to hear this Barama Sidibe would have saved the season because he's not Hakeem Olajuwon. He is Barama Sidibe. He would have done nothing more than he did last season. I mean, six points and seven and a half rebounds is, is helpful, I guess, but he's not God. I can't with that narrative. Okay, so I understand where you're coming from, that he is in... That's the thing, Matt. You go back to the whole... You go back to the the uh, Barama Sidibe fouls out every single time. Every time that we talk about it. It's true! <laughs> okay. That's the best point to make! All right. Um. So here's the thing. I'm looking up some stats, and I think he exponentially makes this team better. 
And not because, yes, he fouls out a lot, and that's fantastic that you looked up 26 games out of 32 last year. That's crazy. However, when we look at the rebounding battle, and even if he doesn't grab the rebounds, he at least makes the opposing team have to box out another body. Um, And when you look at games that they lost, Rutgers, they lost the rebounding battle by 16. Uh, Pittsburgh, they lost it by 16. North Carolina by 17. The other Pittsburgh game by 11. Uh, Virginia, they lost by 13. Clemson, the first Clemson game, they lost by 17. That second North Carolina game, they lost by 20. Georgia Tech minus 5. Like, all of these losses were also losses in the rebounding category. And Sidibe can contribute six to seven rebounds a game. That that he can do. And you got to at least give him that. And like I said, he just changes up your scheme where the opposing team has to box him out because he's so dang long. Um, so I think he gets you... I think he gets you four more wins. I think he gets you three to four more wins. Which games is he helping you with? The Pittsburgh game. That first Pittsburgh game where Fair. they only... They only lost by, uh, what was it, 63-60. I also think that they win that first North Carolina game because that was a tied ball game. Syracuse was actually up in the waning minutes of it, and the Orange only lost because UNC killed them in the last couple minutes on the inside. Now, you can bring up the argument, would he even be on the court because he might have fouled out? Sure, great. Uh, But I I still think that that can help. Um, I also think that, uh, oh, I was about to have a really bad take. Um, <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, I, dang, oh man, they. Well, it's were almost bad. like I said he'd win them two games. I oh okay, I'll, I'll give him I'll give him Rutgers too. Okay, that's the only one they, I was gonna give you. They were also close on Rutgers, so that's, that's the only that one three. I'll give you. Those are th- those are my three games. I think that they are instead of fifteen and eight, they are eighteen and five, and I think. At least play this hypothetical with me, since we're playing a game of what if. If they're eighteen and five, what if they're eighteen and five? That gets them into the NCAA tournament, like like very comfortably. Correct. It makes them look a lot better. Definitely yeah. does. Okay. All right. So that's our what if with Barama Sidibe. You're saying like one to two wins. I'll say if he never got injured, he adds three wins to this Syracuse squad. Um, again, Matt Jaron here on Fizz Radio. Go give us a follow, Orange Fizz on Twitter. Uh, Matt, let's go to our second what if. What if, and we've seen this recently, and that's why it's it's really at the top of our tongue, or on the uh, yeah tip of my tongue right now, is Jesse Edwards. In the last couple games against Clemson and North Carolina, he's had pretty solid performances. What if he played like this and got these, these minutes? He was getting 20-plus minutes in the last two games. What if he played like this for the entire season? Well, Coach Beheim answered this one last night. He said, if I played Jesse and Kadari every game, we'd be 22-2 and two right now. There and he said, go. I didn't figure that out until now. I mean, I mean, we've all been calling for it, and he finally did it, and they look like an entirely different team out there. Kadari Richmond, and you know, don't don't get, uh, I don't think you can rag on Joe too much after he had a seven-assist night, but Kadari Richmond is the best facilitator on the team. And Jesse Edwards going in there, who I think is better than Barama Sidibe, uh, he's going in there and getting those minutes and playing in the middle. He's athletic. He gets his hands in there, gets steals. He lets Marak play the four, and he does it a lot better than Barama does. Yes, he fouled out in his 24 minutes against Clemson. He's still young. He's still trying to figure it out. But Jesse Edwards is a talented player, and Kadari Richmond is as well, and they help this team exponentially. Okay, so 
if Jesse plays, are you on board with what Beheim said, where they would be a 20-win team if Jesse w- was, no, I don't was think getting that minutes? Happened. No, okay. I, I think he was exaggerating. But um, they definitely would have won some more games. I think they win those games that you mentioned. Okay, so so they win Rutgers. They they win Pittsburgh. They, they win, win those North close Carolina. losses that they should have taken home. Okay. Um, so if they win, if you're saying that Jesse, and, and let's leave Kadari out of the mix for right now, if they play just Jesse, because that's the what if currently, you're saying Jesse gives them more wins than Barama? Oh, I mean, that's a close one. I mean, Barama's experienced, and, and Beheim was saying that he was really, you know, ready this year to, to take on the role of being that real starter. Uh, so I really can't make too much of a claim on that because we've seen it so many times where Syracuse big struggle for three years and then turn pretty darn good in the fourth. I don't think that Barama Sidibe would have the jump, say, that a Rakeem Christmas did where he starts scoring 20 and 10. Um, but I think that he probably would have been better. Um, but, you know, we never got to see it. So I can't – I mean, I, 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 Burama probably would have had a better season, but I think that Jesse Edwards at the end of the day is the more talented player. I also think, Matt, that this is going underrated. Like, everyone's talking about the present what if, Jesse, and, and like, how does he impact this game. I also think that it, it helps Syracuse down the line, right? Because he's a developing player. He is yeah, someone yeah, that is going to be – like he's gonna be your big guy of the of the future, you would at Absolutely. least think. Uh, so what if Jesse was playing this entire year? Syracuse is gonna be better in in the coming years, in the in the next couple of years. Um, so I think that's really where not playing Jesse this season is gonna come back to bite Beheim. Not not this specific year, um, but I think in the future he would have wanted to play him a little more, get him some more reps. Um, so that's our what if with Jesse. Let's go over to what if with Kadari. And and you already you already referenced him a little bit. But what if he was a starter since he really came on the scene? So let's say he. What if he was a starter for, I don't know, three quarters of this season, or or maybe two thirds of the season. All right. So I have a bit of a unpopular take when it comes to Kadari. I think that what Coach Beheim does with Kadari is what Kadari is what should happen to Kadari. He doesn't start. He comes in when they need him. He, you know, because he's not a scorer. He's not, uh, you know, he can't shoot, but he's great on defense and he passes the ball really well. But you can't start a guy that can't score. It's just you have to have five players on the, on the court that can put the ball in the basket when they have an open shot. So I don't think he should have started all season. I think it's right for him not to have started. Joe isn't the he he might not be the better player, but he's the more experienced player and he's the one that can get the ball in the bucket when the team really needs a basket. And we saw him do that last night. Um so I don't I, I think the team would have been worse off if, if Kadari started every game. Wow. Okay. I, I think I kinda like your take, but I also think that he needs more time. Uh I I'll say it doesn't matter about starting. I wish he got some more minutes at the beginning, and I also think that was part of his own fault that he just wasn't in game shape, and, and Beheim talked about that a lot um, throughout the entire season. So that's our little game of what if. If you want to answer any of our questions, please feel free to to tweet at us, at Orange Fizz, and we will respond to your answers of the what if. But after the break, we are going to get to your fictional Fizz and Fizz feedback. Don't go anywhere. This is Fizz Radio on the Score 1260.
Wrapping up shop here on Fizz Radio. Welcome everyone back in. Jaron May here with Matt Bonaparte. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Orange Fizz. Go listen to all of our audio content on SoundCloud, Orange Fizz, or go check out our written content on our website, orangefizz.net. All right, we plugged everything. We talked about ACC tourney. We talked NCAA tournament. We talked what if. We've done a lot on this show, Matt. Now it's time to get to our favorite segments of the show, Fictional Fizz and Fizz Feedback. Let's start with Fictional Fizz. If you're new to the program, super simple. We create fictional betting lines, completely random betting lines about Syracuse basketball, Syracuse football, whatever really we want to talk about. Uh, and Matt, we'll stay with basketball on this this episode or this edition of Fizz Radio. So let's first off, my, my first line is over under ACC wins. All right, ACC tournament wins over under 0.5. Over under a half. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say one and a half and make it hard on me now. Over, over. I'll take the over on point five. Okay. With one game. Let me change it. Over under one and a half. Are you, are you change it? It's, it's wild. Well, here's um, the thing. Here's the thing. Do you actually think that they beat, like, if they line up with Duke, can they beat Duke in the first round? Absolutely. 100%. They okay. can. All right. Yeah. So, so you got that. They move on. Let's move the line to one and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? Now, that's where it gets a little bit tricky. Uh, I mean, I'd like to be an optimist and say that they'll take on, if they win that first game, they'll have three wins under their belt. They'll be, they'll be riding that momentum into another win. Uh, and you know what? I'll say that they do win that, that second game. That's going to be wow. another game they win because I think they're going to make the tournament. If they are going to do that, they got to get two. Even if they line up with Florida State, they win two? I mean, which is, which is the more likely scenario? It's going to be tough. It's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to be optimistic and say it will. Okay. Um, I will take the over on on .5. I will take the under on 1.5. So I think that they win. That gives you the answer. One game in the ACC tournament. All right, next to our, sec- uh, to our second uh, fictional fizz. And, Matt, this one is going to be a little different. We're not going to do an over-under. I'm going to give you some odds, and you're going to have to pick. So leading scorer in the first ACC tournament game, because at the moment that we're recording this, we don't know who they're going to play. Um, and each player that I'm, I'm going to give you three options, they're going to have different odds. At minus 120 is Buddy, which means that he's the favorite if you're new to betting. Uh, even money, which is plus 100, Alan Griffin. The the biggest underdog, but the best odds is Quincy Garrier at plus 150. So if you put 10 down, you'd win 15. If you put 10, 10 down on Alan Griffin, you'd win 10. If you put 10 down on Buddy Beheim, you'd win 8. Where do you want? Uh, what, do you, what do you want? Leading scorer I, I think on, against whoever they play in the first round. Here's what happens. I think either the game goes – there's three ways the game goes, and these are the three different <laughs> scenarios. So good job on you for picking the Thanks. right three players. Thanks. The three different ways the game goes. One is that Buddy gets hot, and they just shoot, stick with Buddy all game, and he ends up scoring the most points. That's a pretty likely scenario if they're going to win the game. Second scenario is nobody can get anything going, and it just turns into Alan Griffin hucking up shots, and eventually some of them go in, so he ends up being the leading scorer, and that's probably a game they lose. Third scenario is that it's either a team game or literally nobody can shoot at all, and that turns into Quincy Garrier having about 15 and 10, uh, and they lose that game as well. Which has happened so, before. 
Yes, it's happened many times before. But I think it's going to... I Well, also, it could be one of the games that we've seen recently where Alan Griffin and Buddy Beheim both go off, and, and then it's kind of interchangeable between them. Uh, and, and that's why I'm going to go with Alan Griffin. I like the, the value on the plus 100 rather than the minus 120, and I think that those are... A, it's, it's kind of a toss-up to me. So I'm going to go Alan okay. Griffin here. All right, you're taking the, the good odds. Um, listen, I'll ride with the hot hands. I'm taking Buddy. I know I have, I'm not going to win as much or I have to put more down hypothetically, and this is all hypothetical, um, to, to actually win some money. But I like Buddy. I like what he's doing recently. Uh, he has the hot hand. Keep it with him. So that's my leading score. Let's get to our last fictional Fizz here on Fizz Radio. Uh, 15 and a half wins over under for next season. Right now, this year, they had 15 uh, wins, so I set it at 15 and a half. Do they better their season next year? Yeah, I'll hammer the over here. I think they're absolutely going to have more than 15 wins, especially what you're going to have to take into consideration if they play a regular season, not like a COVID season. So um, I think they're absolutely going to have more than 15 wins. They're definitely going to play more games. Um, and even if they play the same amount of games that they did this year, I think they'd still have 15 more wins. You get Benny Williams coming in. You hopefully have Marek Dolajai and possibly Barom and Sidibe staying. Um, and you're only going to get better. Quincy Garrier is only getting better if he stays. Uh, Alan Griffin's only getting better. And same thing with Buddy Beheim and Kadari Richmond. So I think this team's only getting better. So future's bright in Syracuse. Yeah. No, I mean, so I put this in the in the mindset of with the same amount of games as like this season. Cause of course you're not going to be able to predict how many games they play next year, but um, regular season wise, if they played the same amount of games next year as this year, I'll agree with you. I, I would also take the over. Um, I think you made a, you make a lot of great points. All right. Now it's time for fizz feedback. As we wrap up this uh, fizz radio, and this is where we put our Twitter polls if you want to go check them out or vote on them at Orange Fizz, and we basically will read them out. So let's get to our first one, Matt. First Fizz feedback. How many wins does Syracuse get in the ACC tournament? We obviously already gave our takes. I have one. You have two. Uh, and the people agree with me. 38% of the vote goes with one. Two's not too far behind, though. Only 8% no, behind. That's true. Uh, two has 31% if we want to round up. 31% of the vote. So only 7% behind. Um, all right, let's move on. Fizz feedback number two. What is the biggest what if of the season for Syracuse basketball? We've already talked about it. Uh, but the the leader is what if Barama Sidibe didn't get hurt with 52% of the vote? You know, I, I talked about how Jesse, I think, is the more talented player, but I actually agree with this. I think that if Sidibe doesn't get hurt, it's a bigger what if in the sense that there's more to talk about in that, you know, it's his senior season. Mm-hmm. Did he get that much better? Does he help the team or does he foul out 26 times in the season? So, <laughs> All right. So I, I also went with Sidibe didn't get hurt. I, I think that's the big one. Kadari started. Listen, he still got a lot of minutes. He still contributed. All right, we just have under a minute to go here on Fizz Radio. So let's get to our final Fizz feedback. How will Syracuse basketball fare next season compared to this year? Better, worse, or the same? Matt, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I just talked about it as well. they got to be better. I just don't see any way they're going to be worse. Everybody grows. They don't have really anybody leaving except, you know, uh, good old Chris Lavalli and Nick Giancola. So I don't think they're going to worry too much about their losses. Uh, they're going to be absolutely better. 
Okay, there you go. I also went better. That's how we wrap up Fizz Feedback. And we end the show on breaking news as I get an email. Fans are officially back in the Dome. Go check out all of our content on our website, orangefizz.net. We'll write all about that. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time.